Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Houston Element Podcast. My name is Missy, and I'm your host. And today, I have the lovely pleasure to sit down with local recording and performing artist, Boombox Bravo. Yes, ma'am. Hey, how's it going, man? It's going good. Going well, good. Fighting traffic to get here, but we good. Oh, Houston's an hour away from Houston. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, yeah, I mean, well, uh, not much to say. Just uh, born and raised here in South Texas and, you know, just trying to make it like, like all of us, you know what I mean? We, we're in the rat race. That That is for certain. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yep. So how did you get involved in music, man? What was it that striked you that made you want to make it your permanent career? So music, it's not one of those things where I got into. It's just always been in me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I just, I've known since I, I was a kid that I was going to do music somehow, some way. I didn't know in what way, form or fashion. I just knew that there was always a bug for it, you know? I was that kid that was banging on the desk in school and, um, you know, beatboxing in the back of the bus and, you know, freestyling at parties and DJing. And, you know, it's like the progression was always, there's always something to do with it. There was like a little rhythm, you know? I kind of knew I had a little bit more rhythm than my friends and uh, didn't know why or what the rhyme or reason for that was just it was what it was and so i got and even as i got older like a young adult i still didn't know why it's just something that's there you know and i think even now like i'm still um i'm still soul searching um i mean not to get too deep into it because i can veer off real quick but it sounds like to me you know um i believe that we have vibrations inside of all of us yeah. call it what you will but the, the thing is we have vibrations much like frequencies we deal with in the audio world yeah and if you're in the audio world and you dealt with wireless systems you know you got to change your frequencies quite yeah, often exactly so it sounds like that's what you're doing you're just doing a frequency sweep right now yeah uh you know i, I don't think you ever I don't think you ever stop trying to find, well, I think if you do, you're kind of doing yourself a disservice trying to find yourself. And, and, and I think if you give yourself just one frequency, you're also doing yourself a disservice. So you can, you know, I think we all kind of vibrate on different frequencies. I think on some frequencies, frequencies we vibrate a little better. Uh, some days, you know, it just depends. And hence the name. Uh, I know, um, I put a lot of thought into the whole boombox deal. And that was because, you know, on a radio or a boombox, you can have different stations, different frequencies. And I felt like, you know, some days I feel like doing this frequency and other days I feel this. And so that's sort of where, where that came into play as well, you know? So, yeah, I mean, it's all, a, we're, we're work in progress, you know, all of us. I really like that. That's a really unique perspective. I would have never guessed that's where your name came from. I really, really dig that, man. Yeah, so uh, my name is, uh, you know, since I was a kid, I'm a Robert, right? So I've always been Bobby. And um, my whole life, I was Bobby. And as, as I got to a, a preteen, teenager, my friends would call me B for short, right? So, you know, I was that kid with the Boston hats because it had the B on there. Anything that had a B on it, you know, I, I was rocking the B caps all through high school. Um, and so all my friends know me as B. And when I started to do music, I was like, you know, it's going to have a little more pizzazz than B, right? So I also was like a, a military kid. My dad was in the army. Um, we lived on base and stuff like that. So I was like Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta. So I, instead of just using the B, I went with Bravo. And that worked out for a while until I'd released my first, you know, 20 some singles on on uh, social media and on, on Spotify and all this stuff, come to find out there's like a million Bravos all over the world. Mm -hmm. And when you go search for Bravo in one of my songs, being that I'm an underground artist, very hard to find. Mm -hmm. So then I was like, you know, do I change my name completely? How do, you know, what do I, what do I, and so I just added Boombox in front of it because of the frequencies and I, I believe in that and the vibrations. And, um, and that works. If you look up Boombox Bravo, I'm probably the only person that comes up. So I was like, okay, I'm going to stick with that. 
I like that. I like that. And I mean, I'm a I'm an 80s baby, so I'm thinking boombox, you know, I especially took a likeness to that, you know, because I just remember people and kind of like what you're talking about. Everyone that was had the boombox was playing all kinds of genres. It wasn't just all the same. Yeah. Well, you know, even today, right, you can get you you turn on your boombox if you have one, if you're lucky enough to still have one. And, you know, you can rotate the dial over to the country station or to some I like classic rock. Um, or, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, if you're cleaning the house and, you know, I, we've got one of, uh, like these old, um, classic kind of like stand up stereos that we still use and it's got the dial and it's got all the AM FM and sometimes we're cleaning and we'll just spin the dial and wherever it lands, that's what we're listening to while we're cleaning out. You know, it's like just pick and choose your, your frequency for the day. You know, I love that. I love that, man. Yeah. Excellent. So how do you uh, portray your uh, ideology on frequencies with your writing style and with your, you know, your vernacular style uh, with speaking in your songs? So, I mean, that's a, exactly um, what it is, right? So when you're choosing your frequency, it's basically what you're, what you're on that day. You know, some days I'm like, you know, it's like last night I was watching a documentary on, um, on CCR, on Credence Clearwater. And, uh you know, just watching like the songwriting of John Fogarty. Uh, last week I was watching the documentary on Kiss and 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 watching their come up. And then I watched a, a documentary on like one of the up and coming rappers, right? Um, and it's like, it, the range is like, I just admire the different um, channels that you can use, right? To express yourself. And so I've, I always felt like, I can do everything. I feel like I can write for just about every genre. I think if you're a music lover uh, and you call yourself a music lover, then you should um, respect all genres. You know, there's something in every genre, in every genre that's going to move you. You know, I used to always hate it when people say, "Man, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I listen to everything but country, or I listen to everything but this." And well, you're not really a music lover, then. You know. And in 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 all sense, sometimes speaking can be music as well. You know, it's just the vibrations. And um, so I I just however I feel that day, that's what I'm writing. That's that's what I'm doing. I feel that man. I respect that man. But you know, you guys as artists, you have a you as a lyrical artist, musical artist, y'all have this special gift to put what you're seeing, what you're feeling into words and rhythm and poetry. Yeah. I mean, uh mind-blowing man yeah it, it it's it's pretty neat right when it comes together especially like when when everything's clicking um and, and something like out of thin air and it's like wow a few seconds ago that didn't exist and all of a sudden it does right um sort of like this interview yeah you know yeah yeah <laughs> so what is your average workflow like when it comes to like writing a song and then getting to the studio and recording so you know, I'm, I'm, unfortunately, I'm, I'm one of those people, you know, for those that are like in my life, I listen to a lot of instrumentals. Um, I like just instrumentals, just sounds, you know, vibrations, right? And and I'll listen to them over, like I'll listen literally to an instrumental like a thousand times, you know? I'll have it on repeat and, and it'll play for hours, if not days sometimes. And then, you know, I may or may not write to it. Sometimes it, you know, it comes out really fast. Like I'll write a a few songs in a couple of minutes or whatever. And then sometimes I can sit on a song for days or weeks and then I end up scrapping it. Cause I, you know, I just can't do anything to it. I, I kind of find that the ones that are um, most memorable are the ones that come about eat the easiest, like the ones that you literally spit out um, and, and just like words are just coming out onto the paper or to your phone or whatever. Those are the ones that normally are like, okay, wow, that was a good one. I think the ones you put too much thought into, they tend to be laborious, you know, and, and then you can tell when you listen back to it. So I, I try not to keep those, too, you know. And it's a problem that I have, too, because I'm a, I'm a perfectionist when it comes to, to doing the, the music and stuff. I mean, with everything, with every detail. And, um, you know, people that are around me are like, man, that's good. Just put it out, let it. And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want people to get that impression of me, right. you know, you know wh whether the mix is off or, you know, if, you know, if I had a few drinks while I was recording and I'm slurring or what, you know, whatever the case may be. And so 
I'm working on it. It's a work in progress. But usually the workflow is listen to the instrumental and write, um, and then come over here. I actually record here at the studio, so um, that's usually the workflow. And I, I like to write everywhere too. It's not just uh, sort like whenever. So I'm that person, right? I've, if I'm driving and lyrics start coming to me, I'll tell my wife to to take notes because mm -hmm. I don't want to forget it. So she'll t take notes for me. Um, so yeah, I mean, when it comes, you just gotta let it let it out. Yes, and I've heard that before with artists and with engineers. You know, is that music is uh, about instinct. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you don't on it too long, it's not natural. Right. I respect that man. Yeah. I respect that man. And so, what helps you get in the creative mode? Is there anything in particular, or like you said, it's just kind of so, inspirational? Yeah. No, I, I think. Uh, you know, being being how I am, it's like you're always in the mode. Like it doesn't matter where I'm at. You know, it's you're. It's like always go time. You mm -hmm. know, so the moment you see something, it, it it's weird, right? The train of thought. You know, and it's like oh, and then you come up with some rhymes or or a sub. Like you know, like when uh, the Uvalde sh uh, shooting happened, uh, school kids. Mm -hmm. I, I, automatically, I was like, Man, I need to write a song for these kids. I've never met them in my life. I've never. You know, so I started to, you know, jot some ideas down for that. Um, just any little thing. It could be the news, it, you know, an interview. It doesn't matter, like, really. Um, yeah, I think if you're if you're um, an artist like that, on that level, then you're, the world is your muse, right? And you're constantly inspired. And that's sort of where I come from. Much respect, much respect, man. You know, and... When you guys, you know, make pieces like that to immortalize a piece of history and something like that, a, a moment in time, good or bad, sad or happy, you know, you're yeah. you, you're doing something really special by immortalizing that moment in music and yes, its purest form. Yes, ma'am. I love that. So let's talk about your latest release, your newest album, So Fucking... So fucking yeah, wavy. Exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's Sorry, right. we got young ones. Don't let them listen to that. <laughs> so fucking. So fucking. Okay. There you so go. fucking. Okay. I have horrible speech. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was the inspiration behind this album? Um. So really, I think uh, I had come into a group of instrumentals, and um, the first two or three tracks all had this like little wavy feel, right? And and my like I said, the whole thing was like you know I'm still trying to find myself with you know being an artist. I you know I'm an underground artist. I if you look at me on Spotify, I probably have like four followers on Spotify and stuff. You know, my numbers aren't where they're supposed to be according to like the social media norms and stuff like that. Um, so part of finding myself was like you know what I just want to have fun. You know, sometimes you go into the studio or you write songs with this like intent of uh, I want to please a certain audience or certain genre or my city or town or whatever. And, you know, you can kind of put yourself in a in a corner by doing stuff like that. And I didn't want to do that. Right? So I was like, yeah, I'm from Houston uh, pretty much my whole life, you know, South Texas. And you can really regionalize, marginalize yourself if you just write like that, you know. So this uh, this album, I was like, I wanted to experiment a little with songwriting and, um, you know, actually putting stuff together that maybe doesn't sound like, wow, he, he doesn't sound like he's from Houston, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and then come to find out, like, wow, he is a Houston artist, you know? Yeah. Because uh, you hear a Houston artist, you automatically, I don't know if, are you into the music like that? Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So you, you know, you automatically think of the the... UGKs or the Paul Walls and, yeah. you know, Mike Jones and, you know, all these people, Slim Thug, Scarface, you think of all these people and, it's, they've, you know, Houston rightfully so has its sound, right? Right. And it's got its place in history. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't want to ride that coattail completely, you know, I'm mm -hmm. trying to figure myself out as well. But there's a, the influence nonetheless is in there, you know, so... That's sort of where I was at on the album, was having fun with it, trying to improve my songwriting skills and and not just have like a bunch of freestyles and stuff, you know? So that's sort of where I was at with it. No, I really enjoyed it. Like, I I feel like I got a little bit of my, my variety salad in that album. Like, mm -hmm. I really got, 
not just the same track repeated oh, over, over. Yeah, you know? I appreciate you. Yeah, uh, man. For at least listening to some of it, yeah. Yeah, no, I was digging it, man. Especially yeah. Tune Up. Oh, yeah, they, yeah, yes. yeah. Yes, I was digging that, man. I was really digging that, so, man. So, yeah, that one was way different from anything that I've ever done, right? And that was also part of the experimental mm -hmm. deal. It was like, how do you, you know, how do you expand a little bit, you know? And can you do it? Because sometimes, you know, it's, it's hard to come out of your shell a little bit and do something that's, you know, so... I can't really call myself boombox if I'm not willing to do that, you know, so. I like that. I like that. True the name. I like that, man. Yes, man. Heck yeah, man. So like I was saying, you, your individual tracks have a lot of unique dynamics, yet make a cohesive album altogether. Mm -hmm. So what sort of vision were you wanting to portray with this album? Or were you just trying to push boundaries on all the different tracks? Yeah, uh, I didn't. I didn't know it was going to be as cohesive as it was until it was done. And then you know, putting the songs in the order that they were in, it's like you know what it, they all kind of fit. Yeah, you know they all had this wavy vibe, right? Yeah. So kind of trippy a little bit, and you know, so to me, wavy was not only the frequencies, right, and the vibrations and 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 uh, the energy that you portray on there, but wavy also has a lot to do with like the swag, you know, your style and. You know, just being wavy, right? Like, it's like, you know, Austin Powers is groovy, right? Yes. You're wavy, baby, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's sort of what it was. Like, wavy is sort of all-encompassing, you know? And and that's all I was doing, just being me on there, you know? And I, and I guess if, if if you're true to form and true to your name, uh, you're going to have all kinds of waves, right? Fortunately for me, they kind of all meshed and they matched each other a little bit, but that was not the purpose or the intent, you know, um, but luckily it did. Now that you put it in those words, now it's like, that's exactly yeah. how, how, how it felt to me, man. Yeah. It's like different little something like ripple, ripple, ripple. Right. And I was like, oh, here's something. Oh, and here's something. I was yeah. like, ooh. Well, and then the thing too is, right, like I, I, I'm a pretty positive person, Um but I, I, you know, where I come from, I come from a, um, a small town in South Texas, right? Far Texas. Um, I was pretty much raised um, adjacent to the projects, not in them, but I was mm -hmm. right, right next to them. My grandparents had a store, uh, a convenience store. So all the project kids would come over, right? And it was a, it, it was really heavy um, gang influence uh, in the neighborhood, right? Um, and, and I never did join a gang, but I, I grew up around it. My, my friend, I remember in fifth grade, I had friends that were stealing cars, getting in cop chases in fifth, sixth grade. Right. And I grew up seeing this stuff and the fights and the, you know, all this stuff. And so I, I can't leave it out. Like it's, it's in me to, to, I've seen that I've, I've grown up around it. Um, it was a big influence on my, um, formative years, right. To see all of that. Then, you know, you know, listening to like, you know, when when rap really took off in, in the 90s and, you know, Snoop and Dre and all that gang culture and all that stuff, right? So it's there. I was influenced, you know, Scarface, The Diary, you know, all these things, right? I'm, I'm listening to all this stuff. Um, and so the, the dynamic there is like from that to everything from, uh, you know, the dance music, the yeah, I, I soaked it all in, you know, everything. And so I'm influenced by like pretty much everything that you can think of. I'm influenced by, and so you'll hear touches of it, right? You, yeah, there's the the street influence, but there's also this, and you'll hear some classic this or some reference to such and such artists, and um, and I think that's sort of what my thing is. Is I, I want people to see a little bit of themselves in something that I do, you know? Uh, and I know you can't please everybody. But I'm trying, you know. Bless you for trying, honey. Yeah. <laughs> You're an angel for trying. <laughs> yeah. Now, I noticed that, like, each of your beats, you know, aside from the, the dynamics and the lyrics, but each of your beats were meticulously different to right. some extent. Mm -hmm. So is that on purpose as well? Um, It's not on purpose. Uh, and it's not by accident. It's just... It is what it is, you know. Mm -hmm. If something moves me, it moves me. If I'm listening to it, I'm, you know, one of those days where I'm just like, I just feel like listening to instrumentals. If something catches my eye, I'm stopping on it, or my ear, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll stop on it, 
and I'll, I'll sit there and I'll listen to it for a little bit. And I, if I feel like I can do something with it, um, if choruses start coming or melodies or whatever start coming, I'll keep it. And I'll just put it in the vault. Like, okay, I want to use that at some point. If not, I might just write to it right then and there if, if it's coming that easy. And it just so happens that if it's sonically pleasing to me, I'll keep it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what genre it is or if it sounds like whatever. Yeah. If if I like it, if it's sonically pleasing to my, to my ears, I trust my ears, and and I and I feel like uh, like there's more than a handful of people out in the world that that that'll trust my ears as well. So if I like it, I, I'm pretty sure they'll love it. I mean, trusting somebody that listens to all kinds of music is like trusting somebody that uh, likes to try all different kind of food. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like if you can mix all that flavor, if you're okay to experiment, right. That's the person you trust. Yeah, you need to have a, um, a diverse palate. Yes. You know, so yeah, that's sort of where sort of where I'm at with it with music. If it, if it feels good to me, I'm doing it. You know, I think a lot because a lot of people, um, a lot of artists, they just want to be stick to their lane. I guess stick to their lane. Mm-hmm. And I, I just feel like you know, sometimes you feel like driving in the fast lane, and sometimes in the slow. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It just depends on your mood that day, or if you smoked or whatever. You know. Yeah. But I just, I just do what feels good to me. Music's such a big ocean. Why just stay in one part of it? Right. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so how long did it take for you to finish making this album? And what was the overall process like for you? Same. So pretty much the same as we've been talking about, right? Just kind of stuff that feels good, writing to it, coming over here to Audible's to record. Um, shout out to Random. I don't know if he's listening, but... Um, Random, you know, the engineer, I met him a couple of years ago and I've been recording here ever since. And we've sort of got like this, uh, this chemistry, right? And I think that's key to doing the songs and the process is like, I can't do it by myself. Mm-hmm. So that's really, that's it. I mean, you just find it, write to it, come over here. And then, you know, Random will add his touches and stuff. And it's usually magic, you know, it's usually pretty good. <laughs> we don't always hit it on on the head, but... For the most part, we do. I'm pretty content with what we do, you know? Wonderful. Yeah. And having that chemistry just helps yeah. make it so much quicker. Yeah. it's a, It was always a, a, a missing piece to my puzzle. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, thank God I was able to to get it here, here at, the stu- at Audible's. Yes. Music bromance. Yeah. Yes. There you go. <laughs> and so have you performed all over Houston? So what has been your favorite show thus far and why? Favorite show. So I've done quite a bit. I think so there's two aspects to it, right? One, I like venues that have like really good concert sound, right? Mm-hmm. Like some some venues are like made for like rock bands and stuff and they got these big PA systems and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it sounds good. You sound like, wow, it's like you sound like you know what you're doing when you're on stage and you know, those, um, if they have a good sound system, I'm pretty much happy. Right? I'm like, yeah. wow, this sounds live, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and it's not necessarily the crowds either. Like, I've I've done shows with really small crowds that I've had a better reaction from than from larger crowds. And it's just, I don't know, it's just a feel. I think every time I go up there, uh, it's, I'm ready for it. You know, I, I just look forward to all the, all the shows. And then, too... You know, being an underground artist and an independent artist, I don't have like a super huge following or anything like that. So anytime, any chance that I get is always good, you know, because there's always, you never know who's listening, you know. So, yeah. And so do you like more intimate kind of shows versus, you know, super crowded? You don't even, you can't even see your family and friends in the crowd kind of thing or it's uh, just you, you know, so I like both. I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I prefer one, but... I think if you're doing the more packed shows, it's kind of, uh, uh, I guess, commiserate with the level that you're at, right? So if you're if you're able to do stuff like that, it's probably because you're networking more, your name is getting out there, so it's a win-win, right? Mm-hmm. So I would like to do more of those mm-hmm. types of shows, but I, I do like, um, I like the journey. Yes, so, I feel that. Yeah, I feel that one hundred percent, man. 
And so what do you do to prepare for a live show usually? Like, uh, is there been any sort of improvisions you had to do depending on the venues? Like if they don't have the green room ready set up or if the PA's not tuned accordingly? No, no not at all. I just kind of just, um, I wing it at this point. So, you know, I, you know, there's, you're going to have different levels of artists, right? And I'm definitely not at a level where um, I have those luxuries uh, yet. So most of the stuff that I do is just get up there and just do it. And you just hope for the best, right? You just hope that the system is good. You hope that the mics are not distorted and you're getting all this feedback. Um, you, you just hope that the, the weather permits. You just, you, you're not at that level where you have all these luxuries, right? Because um, I think ideally, I, you know, I'm that type of person that, yeah, I do a sound check. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd make sure everything's good. I'd make sure that I'm putting on a show. We'd have some pyro. We'd, you know... I'm that person, right? That's where I want to be. I'm not there yet. Uh, So with that, I just kind of, you know, do the sign of the cross and just make sure everything goes good. And, um, and yeah, I use, it usually comes out pretty, pretty good. I usually get a good reaction afterwards, people coming up, wanting to shake hands and stuff. So I know there is purpose, you know, Uh, even though some of the shows are pretty light, um, it's still, it's all, it's all in good fun. You know what I mean? And it's advertisement nonetheless. Oh, yes. Yeah. And so as a rapper, what is your typical rehearsal kind of style? Like, uh, are you just listening to playing instrumentals a lot? Do you practice your songs with instrumentals? I do both. I, I'd like to get to a point, you know, so some of the, some of the mainstream artists, right? You, they'll have their in-ear monitors where they can maybe hear their music in there the crowd won't hear their lyrics, but they can, you know, just rap raw lyrics into the microphone. Um, unfortunately, you know, my take, everyone has a different opinion. There's a lot of local artists that say, well, you know, if you're just doing like karaoke of your music on stage and you're not a true artist, right? And um, I I wheartedly disagree with that. And, and I'll tell you why. A lot of times, you know, you go, unless you're, you go into a lot of the same places, you know that some of these systems um, are pretty trashy, mm-hmm. right? You get a lot of feedback, you get a lot of distortion. And so my take on it is if I'm taking my time to come to the studio and spend my hard earned money to, to come in and try to paint something for you that sounds sonically pleasing, mm-hmm. just for somebody's crap system to spew it out their speakers and for you to listen to it all crappy, you, you know what I mean? That's like, I don't know, like taking the Picasso, putting it on stage and having somebody look at the picture through a filter and you're like, you're not going to get it, right? Yeah. And so um, sometimes you get lucky in the speakers and everything and the the the, uh, the acoustics in the room sounds so good and you play the music and it's like, okay, wow, it sounds good. You can hear it. You tell that I, I you know, at this point, you're trying to advertise, you put, put your best foot forward Mm-hmm. As much as possible, right? Because mm-hmm. um, you you want that exposure. I don't want to be my first impression or your first impression of my music to be some distorted mess that's coming out of. Yeah, you get to see me in person. You see what I am. You see, you you may or may not think, oh wow, he's put together. He looks good, whatever. And then you hear this crap coming out the music. It's like I I, I don't have the opportunity to sit there and say, no no no, it doesn't sound that bad. Actually, you should listen to it in your car. Right. You're you're. This is my chance to show you what I paint. Mm-hmm. And so I think if I had the luxury of, of the artists that get to do sound check and get to go in there and do things the right way, it's like, yeah, I would take advantage of that, right? And I and I would do more of the acapella, just me and the music playing, have a, maybe a couple band members playing the music, you know. I'm just not there yet. Yeah. And and I want to I want to get to that point, mm-hmm. you know. But for now, I try to I try to paint the best picture I can every time I get and if it if it has to be where I'm doing karaoke to my own music, I think it's the lesser of two evils, right? And I think at least you get to hear what I was trying to portray. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll want to go listen to it on your Spotify or your Apple Music mm-hmm. or something. Um, and it's like that's my only opportunity to to present that to you at that moment, you know? Yeah. So. So that's sort of how I feel about it. 
And that makes sense, you know, because maybe it's like, you know, like you said, the system may not be able to pick up the bass in your music and your track or something right, yeah. like that. So some of these speakers, right? You go in there, it's like a, just on a stand, like you're doing a backyard yeah. quinceanera party or something. Yeah. And it's like, that's not what, no. that's not the, the first impression I want to put out for yeah. these You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's, that's sort of why, just to play it safe, most of the time I do. Uh, my vocals on top of my vocals. Yeah. Right? A lot of times, you know, I've seen that happen. I've been in the audience watching people do that. A lot of times that comes out just as nice, mm -hmm. you know? And, and and in all fairness, I've seen some larger name artists that have done the same. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's sort of where I'm at with it. You know, some of the, some of the uh, purists will, will beg to differ, right? Mm -hmm. And I see their point as well, mm -hmm. right? Because it's, it's always good, right? To, uh, if that's your profession and that's what you want to do, then I think you should have your music down to a science, right? Where you know it like the back of your hand. Um, but yeah, that's not my life yet. So, yeah, well, you know, we, I do what I can. Yeah. And, but it, it's, it's depending on what their sound is too. You know what I'm saying? You know, like Daft Punk likes a lot of electronica in their music. Nirvana wanted all analog. Right. Neither was wrong. They had different sound. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, with your kind of uh, genre with rap and hip hop, it's nice to have that doubling effect. Right. So almost like when you have the track and then your vocals over the track, you give it that doubling and it takes up more space. Okay. Like, yeah. Sometimes it's just the right atmosphere well, for well, it, then you too, know? You know, sometimes in, in the music we have like, you know, there's sections and, and you know, you listen to rap, hip-hop, trap, whatever. Uh, you'll have sections where there's an effect on your vocal for mm. that moment. Yeah, same thing as a guitar. Yeah. They've got these wah pedals, right? They've got all these amps and different things. You'll see them go and hit the button over here and they're playing for the guitar solo. So I don't have an engineer that says, hey, when Bravo says this line, we need to hit this button so we can, because that's how it was on the recording. Mm -hmm. I don't have that luxury yet. Right. Right. You know, Kanye uses a lot of auto-tune and stuff like that, but he's got sound engineers that they know at that part of that song, we need to hit this and put this effect on his mic. So when his mic's hot and he's doing that part, it sounds just like the record. Right? Yeah. But he's got a crew of people doing that for him. And it's done live, right? Mm -hmm. They know what to do. They're watching the performance, say, okay, and bam, they hit the button. It sounds just like the record. Mm -hmm. I don't have that luxury. Yeah. You know? Uh, and for that reason, uh, until I get to that point where I can have a sound engineer, you know, engineering my shows and everything's choreographed and, you know, the the, the way it's supposed to be done, um, hopefully I can get there one day. Oh, know? yeah. Oh, yeah. So it, it, it's going to happen, man. It's going to happen, man. But I mean, and you know, but you guys aren't just, I, I wouldn't call it karaoke to your music because you perform, like you give a whole vision on the stage, you know what I'm yeah. saying? You're giving your whole self out there. We're trying. I mean, we try, we're working with what we got. You know, yeah. it's, really, it's all you can do. You can either sit on the sofa and watch other people do it or and, and talk about the other people that are doing it, or you can actually get up and do it, you know? And, and that's sort of what my philosophy is on it. I'm, I'm, at least I'm getting off the the sofa and 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 giving it a try, you know. You know what I'm saying? Trust. Yeah. <laughs> and so you collaborate with many artists from Houston, including City Boy, The Prophet, and 979 The Box host Jessica Jeans. Yes. So how's your experience been with uh with working with these other artists? It's it's been great actually. It's like uh um that's like the motivation, right? Because all these, my my whole thing is like when I collab with you, if I collab with you, I kind of want it to be the best song that you've ever done. Like, man, it's so, you, you know, the the intent is when we leave and you listen to it, you're like, man, some of the best songs I ever did were with Bravo. Because you're going to network with all kinds of people, right? And your own, I want I want the song that you did with me to be like top five in your own catalog, you know? And, and I think if I can do that, that kind of keeps my name alive because they're like, they're always going to talk about me. You know what I mean? They're always going to say, man, some of the best songs I ever did were with this guy, you know? And and so I approach each um, networking opportunity with the same um, attitude, right? Like, I want this song to be the best one. That we, and granted, uh, it doesn't, we, you know, doesn't always happen that way, but... If I aim for that nine times out of 10, I think we achieve that, you know, where it's like, 
it's a memorable verse or it's a memorable, you know, and, and that's sort of how I, I want them to remember me, you know, and that helps because that helps with the advertising. I think it's like having that hunger, that drive. And, and I don't want to lose that, you know, because right now I'm like, that's my advertising. It's like for people to talk about me, like, man, check out this song I did with so-and-so, you know, and since I don't have that many followers on, on, you know, social media and all that stuff, I, I kind of depend on letting the music speak for itself, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, and that's really how I approach that situation. That's wonderful. Yeah, that's the way you got to do it, man, you know, because I mean, oh, bless your heart. You know, it's artistry, but it's also stats, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and see, I'm not heavy on the stats, right? Um, granted, I just don't, you know, we live in a social media world, right? It's driven by numbers and stats these days, right? You know, you have a podcast. Um, you know how that goes, mm -hmm. right? But I'm just not one of those people, right? Like I could really care less, mm -hmm. you know? But unfortunately, um, I, I'm also smart enough to know that that's sort of the way of the world these days, you know? So I don't want to completely um, disregard that. But it's just so not in my personality to to really care about numbers and yeah. you know it's like to me it's like if the songs jam they jam like it's too bad for you that you haven't heard them you know yeah. what i mean that's sort of how i feel about it would i like to to be um to have a monetized and you know be getting getting paid off of my art then i'd be lying if i said no mm -hmm. but i don't know man it was just like if i guess if it's meant to be it'll be yeah you know i can't let that um dictate or, or be the reason why I do what I do, mm -hmm. you know? So it's just sort of like, I just hope for the best. Put it up in the air and hope for the best, mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah. And, and networking has also been um, what's, uh, you know, you get, you think you know it all, but when you start networking with people, you start like, wow, I would have never thought of that, you know? And you start realizing there's so many talented people here in the city. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, some of the best songs that I've done have just been like random will call and say, hey, uh, what are you doing tonight? Like, um, nothing. I'm chilling at the house. Come to the studio. I have some people here. We're just going to vibe out. And before you know it, like we turn on the instrumental. We got all these characters that are in here, different artists. And it's like the song will come out of thin air. It's like, man, that's one of the greatest things ever. You know what I mean? Um, and those have been some of my best moments is networking and and just seeing what other people come up with. And then like, you feed off of them, they feed off of you, and all of a sudden you come up with this like, wow, you know? So yeah, those, those are nice. I love networking. Oh, yeah. And because those are the things that people are going to remember. You ask me what date something happened, right. numbers, I'm like, uh, uh, uh. But if you ask me, well, remember that time when we were with Bravo at the studio? I'm like, oh, I remember that, that vibe, yeah. you know, that moment, the way it made you feel. Yeah. That, that I mean, it was recently, uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago. Because I just now finished a new album. I know we were talking about So, so Freaking Wavy, but I just have a new one that's going to drop like in a week. Um, and that one came together within a matter of like three weeks. Wow. We got like, I don't know, eight or nine tracks. And it just like one after the other. And like a couple of those happen to be like these midnight sessions that random say, hey, what are you doing? Come over. So I have one that that um, it's called Bubblegum on, on the new album. And that one was with a couple of artists that were here. And it's just like out of air, it came, you know, I was like, wow, and it's one of my favorite ones now. Uh, so yeah, little things like that. I love networking. Oh, that sounds like so much fun, man. Hell yeah, yeah, man. And so like you were saying, you've networked with a bunch of different people, not just from different artists, but um, you've also networked a lot of different media groups like Hustletown Network infamous texas and true latino so how's your experience been networking with these other groups as well not just artists so it's same same concept right so tex uh tex i've known tex we used to work together back in the day i used to be his supervisor wow yeah yeah so <laughs> i was his boss man back in the day uh and um so yeah we have a long history right we work together but at, even though we work together on the weekends we'd hit the road and go do shows together travel out of uh out of houston and go do shows and so there was a long history there with tex and um uh, we, you know we stopped working together many years ago and we just kind of always would see each other kind of kept in touch a little bit and then come to find out now he's doing the you know hustle town network and uh with jessica jeans and 
so there's a long history there. And so it's always been a pleasure working with them. Texas shot almost all my videos. So I, I don't know how many videos I have now, but I want to say Texas shot damn near all of them. Uh, and um, Jessica oh, uh, with Hustletown Network, uh, I met her through Texas as well. And, you know, she's got a lovely voice, uh, ended up doing some songs with her. And Jessica's asked me to kind of help her write her first album. Wow. So I'm doing that now, right? We're getting some ideas together and stuff. And that's sort of like uh, in the infant stages, but that's something that we're going to work on. And Trill Latino happens to be my record label or my label. And uh, so we started that back in the day. Um, with a friend of mine, Carlos from uh, from Dallas, and his brother Eric, and Eric is actually on FM radio. He's a DJ in Dallas now. So you know, it's it's been a it's been a labor of love, man. This thing, like it's it it hasn't stopped since you know I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, and and it's still not where it needs to be. But it's just that networking um, and one foot in front of the other kind of mindset that's kind of keeping it alive. Little things like this, too. I don't really do a lot of interviews. It's like one of my first interviews, like officially, you know. So, um, <laughs> yeah. I so, feel yeah. honored. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're just seeing where it goes, you know. Right on, man. Right on, man. So Trilatino is your uh, is your label. I didn't realize that. That's wonderful. Yeah. So, you know, me, Carlos and Eric started it back in the day. We had a group called the Young Thugs right back in South Texas. And I joined. It was their group. And I joined at the time. There was like seven or eight guys in the it was one of those like Wu-Tang type of rap groups. Right. Uh, ended up being just me and Lowe's towards the very end, you know, for various reasons. Some people got locked up. Um, others couldn't, you know, dedicate their time and money and energy to it. And it just ended up being, uh, Los and I, and, um, so we were under the Trill Latino, uh, label, right. Was never really mine, but me, him and, and Eric were the main ones. I was doing the songwriting and the production and they were financing and doing, you know, putting the shows together, doing all this stuff. Right. So it was a collective. Um, and I never really we never really left and it never really got to where it needed to be. So we just always kept it right. When I started doing my solo thing, uh, everyone moved to different cities. They moved to Dallas. I moved to Houston. Um, I started my own little record. They were called Trill Legal Records. Right. Cause I was like, well, I need something for myself. Right. Cause I'm trying to solo thing. Um, Carlos went to start on some businesses. He, he's got a tax business. Now he does, uh, Christmas lights. He does, um, uh, his what they do a podcast uh, and a show on on YouTube and TikTok, so they're doing really well. So I was like, well, I kind of need my own thing, and so I started Trill Legal Records, um, and I just nothing but me, my music is on there. But Eric uh, and I, his brother, we kept the Trill Latino radio going, so we came and we we're doing a radio show out of Audible's, right? Um, and we were doing that every Sunday. We we're interviewing artists and. Uh, you know, playing music and we still kind of have that, but Eric got offered a FM radio job. So he's doing FM radio in Dallas right now. So we're trying to figure out with his new scheduling, if we're going to keep the Trill Latino radio going, um, that, cause that's something that we definitely want to do it was an app on your phone, your revolution radio. You can listen to us every Sunday. So we still, we're taking a little break from that, but I think we're going to get that going here soon too. But yeah, it's all it's all a work in progress, man. It's a it's been um a labor of love, this music thing. Labor of love indeed, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Whether it's a labor of a child or labor of love, it's the same thing, man. Same heartaches. Yeah. Your feet may be swollen. Yeah. Your eyes may be watery, but you are so happy with what you're doing. Right. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yes. Yes. One hundred percent. I respect that, man. I prom I <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, like you've been saying, you've been consistently been working on music. Um, even during 2020, when everything was shut down, you were still doing shows. Yeah. So, what kind of things do you do to keep focused on the music? Uh, well, I think kind of piggybacking off of one of the questions earlier, I don't, I don't stop thinking about music. Uh, music is in me; it's not on me, and so because of that, it just never stops. I don't. I don't turn it off and on, you know, I, I am who I am, wherever I am. And, and that's sort of like, I don't, I don't ever have to worry about that, you know? 
Um, fortunately enough, like I, I'm realizing that as I get older, as the years go by, like that's just who I am. Like I can't change it. It's what makes me happy. Like my happiest moments are when I'm here at the studio, you know? And so uh, I'm trying more and more to live in my happiness, you know? So, and, and it's making me a better person, I guess, as we, as the years go by. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I, I'm going to remember that. Remember that because we all need to remember that to yeah. live in the happiness, man. Yeah. Live in the happiness, man. All right. So, and this year thus far, you've dropped a new album. You got a new album on the way. On the way yeah. You've done multiple shows, including the first ever Audible Fest at oh, 24K yeah. Nightclub. Yeah. Interviews now. So what do you think you got in mind for the rest of this year that's already been so successful for you? So well, like one of the things that, that's lacking for me is always that social media presence, right? Growing that fan base, growing the following and doing more visuals, putting more content out, um, more videos on YouTube. You know, it's a it's a pretty costly thing if you don't, especially if you don't have a team to, to kind of help you with that. Uh, if any any struggling artist knows that, you know, you're putting your, your hard-earned money into this thing and you don't really see returns right away. So that's something I need to focus on is is advertising more, putting more, investing more into the craft because if you take it seriously, you need to invest in it, right? Mm -hmm. um, even though I said earlier that I really I really don't care about other people's opinion on, on what I do, right? I just do it. But you're not going to get an opinion if they don't get a chance to hear it. Right. You know, right. I still need people to hear it, right? Because it's a music business at the end of the day, right? Indeed. And so the, I, I need to focus more on on the business part of that, and putting it in front of more people, getting out of the city, uh, whatever that may entail. I, that's what I'm trying to focus on. I feel that, man. Hopefully, we can conquer that in the in the rest of this year, or maybe next year. You know. Mm -hmm. Do you have any kind of game planned for that next kind of step so far, or you're just taking it day by day? I take it day by day. You know, things like this, right? I think um, I think if something's meant to be, it will be. Uh, you know, you kind of manifest some of these things into fruition, right? And um, I think if you if you believe in yourself wholeheartedly, things like this will come uh, and fall in your lap, right? Interviews, uh, networking, and so I'm trusting in the process. I. I, I can't do anything else but trust in the process. Um, try to put a, a good product out as best as I can and and trust the process. And I feel like if I'm putting 100% of myself into the music and I'm being specific about details and the way things sound and be, it being sonically pleasing, um, I, I can't do anything but just trust the process. Hopefully people like yourself will like, you know, at least take some some time to listen to a few tracks and be like, man, this guy really does have something or, or maybe not, you know, but I'm just trusting that maybe you, there's more of a, instead of a 50, 50, there's maybe like a 70, 30 chance that you're going to tell somebody about me. And, um, I, I can't do anything, but just hope for that, you know? And, uh, and at the same time, just keep being, being happy and doing music, you know? Yeah, man. You know, I, I like, uh, I just like having a good time. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, so that's all it is. And I mean, pretty 99.99% of the, my good times involve music. Yeah. So whether I'm setting it up, listening to it, so is, is your, don't matter. Is your background in media? Is, is that, are you, do you come from a media place or is this something new to you too? Yeah. Or? So going to concerts since I was 14, went to school for audio, stage tan for almost three years. Okay. And then I was like, you know, I like audio, but I also like setting up the PA and setting up the video wall. Not so much lighting because I'm sorry, lighting people. Y'all always complaining about the freaking data cable. <laughs> they always complain because unlike the XLR, you got five pins. And okay. so if you, shove it in the the output it breaks that pin and then the you got the ld guy yelling at you screaming you broke my data cable y'all know so but <laughs> i mean i so that's yes no matter where it is whether like you said whether it's country whether it's rock whether it's in a boo-boo pa if it's music i'm probably gonna have a good time yeah that and a couple drinks that and a couple drinks yes please Here we go craft 10 <laughs> <laughs>
Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It was my pleasure. Thanks for the invite. Absolutely. So do you have any last bit of advice for the listeners? Um, live in your happiness. Live in your happiness and find your frequency. You can't go wrong. That part. Yeah. That part, okay? It, my audio people, y'all know we always got to be checking up on our frequencies, okay? Because sometimes, you know, stuff gets in the way. Weather, whatever, adjust that stuff. Yeah. And if you're not an audio person, well, guess what? You're going to learn today. You're going to learn today. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for joining us this week. And we will talk to you guys next week. Peace. Peace.